Welcome to the Fabulous at 50 podcast, where we are changing the aging narrative. I'm your host, Joanne Newadak, and I'm thrilled to bring you stories that matter and celebrate your place in the world. As an advocate for lifelong learning, health, and women's empowerment, I believe it's never too late to live the life you've always imagined. Through lively and informative interviews with inspiring guests, we'll explore a wide range of topics relevant to our global sisterhood of vibrant, inquiring women just like you. Join me for today's episode and let's start changing the aging narrative together. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. We have some juicy conversations coming your way. And to kick us off, I'm going to read the bio of this incredible guest. I'm so excited to be meeting her for the first time. So our conversation is going to be super organic, and I'm going to be learning so much. Heather Ash Amara is the author of nine books, including best-selling Warrior Goddess Training, The Seven Secrets of Happy and Healthy Relationships with Don Miguel Ruse Jr., And the upcoming book, actually, not just upcoming, I think we might have a sneak preview of Wild, Willing, and Wise. She skillfully and unconditionally guides people to shift their self-judgment to discernment, victimhood to authentic vulnerability, and to shed limiting domestication so they can ground into their self-intimacy, steadiness, and stillness. Raised in Southeast Asia, Heather Ash has traveled the world from childhood and is continually inspired by the diversity and beauty of human expression and experience. She brings this open-hearted inclusiveness worldwide to her writings and her teachings. I told you this is going to be juicy. Welcome, welcome, Heather Ash. I'm so glad you're here today. Thanks so much, Joanne. So good to be here. So, oh, it's it's wonderful. And you know, I want to I want to kick this off with a question. I usually wait till a little later on because I'm just so excited. I want to I want to hear a little bit about this book that's just coming out right now. Right, the wild, it, willing, and wise. You have a. Is this number nine an advanced or is this copy. number ten? This, this is number nine. An advanced copy. Advanced copy. Number so nine. it actually it comes out later in the year. It comes out July thirtieth. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited about the first book I've written in four years. Usually, I read write a book every couple of years, and so this took a while okay. to birth. Um, but it's really about. The importance of us, I, I based it on the archetypes of the maiden, mother, and throne. Okay. And yes. I wanted to make it really accessible to everybody. And that the understanding that we need all three of these energies, we need to reclaim our wild energy, that creativity mm-hmm. and that fire and that joy at any age, mm-hmm. that we need our willingness. And that willingness is the place of when we're birthing something, when we're sustaining something, whether it's a child or whether it's a project, that we're willing to be up all night, that we're willing to mm-hmm. have hard conversations. So anchoring into that mother energy of willingness. And then the wise energy that at any age that we access our stillness, our presence, mm-hmm. our willingness to see the biggest picture possible. 
and mm-hmm. that we want to find the balance for ourselves of all three of these energies. That is so beautifully said. I, I've definitely heard many renditions on what like the maiden and the mother and the crone energies are all about. I really love this. I love the way you describe that because it, it really is accessible to all. It really is about the energies of those periods of times and they can be within us all. Um, there's been a really wonderful theme. As, as you know, I mentioned the, our overall theme of this particular season is uh, changing the aging narrative. And so talking about what does it mean? What does it mean to be aging or growing old or different stages of our life? And, and, and what narrative do we have going on in our own head? Forget about even what's going on in the world. I'm a bit, bit more about what's going on in our own head. So some of the conversations, if people, you know, if you want to scroll back, we've had other um, guests on and one, her big mission was to reclaim the, the, the term crone, which is very cool. So I love that we're continuing that conversation. Um, so share with me a bit, like, I mean, I'm fascinated with having nine books out and this one and all, are all your books very similar themes or can you share a little bit about how you came to be writing all these books? Yeah, I actually started writing my first book when I was seven years old and I had a very clear, like, I'm going to write a book. And I started writing (laughs) and got a couple pages in and thought, I don't think I've had enough life experience to write a book yet. (laughs) And so when I was 34, I decided, okay, I've had enough experience and started in earnest writing books at that time in my life. And it's just been, it's just a joy of way to communicate and to share. And I'd say the theme through each of the books is really about authentic expression of letting mm-hmm. go of the ways that we've been domesticated of we've where we've learned the story of who we're supposed to be to mm-hmm. release and clear that so we can really find who am I what's my story who do I want to become what's my most brilliant joyful audacious expression of self and Beautiful. how do I want to bring that into the world yeah yeah I love that. That's so in alignment with what we do with Fabulous at 50. Like I always joke that it's it's not about you're just Fabulous at 50. It's that you kind of get to that milestone and you get to just claim Fabulous from here on end. It's, you know, I often get women that, you know, I, I say this, you know, Fabulous at 50 and I'll get a couple of different responses. Sometimes they look at me and, you know, some are like, yes, my people. And others look at me and go, do those go together? And I'm like, of course they do. Because it's you get to declare you're fabulous and pulling in what you're talking about. And especially, I love the title of this upcoming book and I look forward to reading it, you know, um, Wild, Willing and Wise. Like those are three really big energies that we bring into our life. So I'm curious for you, obviously you started reading, you got passionate about this at around 35. Did you notice when you kind of hit a little later in midlife, you know, or across milestone of 50, did something shift? I love the answers that I get from people. Like, did you notice something in your own energy or thoughts process shift for you? Definitely. And when I turned (laughs) 50, I decided to go on an adventure. So I went on a three month journey to India and then to Bali and spent time by myself and like put my business in my my partner's hands and was like, here you go. I'll be back. 
And what I've noticed that that willingness to step aside away from everything that I knew and really just spend time with myself. And I hear this from a lot of, of people as they get older is that there's this incredible like, oh, I don't have to do things for other people any longer. Like, what do I want to do? How do I want to experience the world? And so I've definitely noticed that, that there's a shedding of the places where I've in the past maybe tried to please people or tried to um, like make everybody comfortable. And now I'm like, this is just who I am. Like some people yeah. are going to like me. Some people are not going to like me. It's all good. It's yeah. all fine. Yeah. There's a commonality that I hear as well. It's, it's, that's very similar. It's the filter has fallen off. I'm not trying, the pretense starts to fall away and it really is, you know, we get a little more real with ourselves and our life and, and, and what's important in our life and a here on forward. So I really love that you're bringing that and that, and that shift and that you're sharing your wisdom to go here. What was your first in inspiration? Like when you first started writing, um, was your goal simply to say, okay, I've had this life experience. Now I want to write, you know, cause I'm not familiar with your very first book. I'm just curious. Is it, did you have a message you wanted to give or it was more about I'm sharing my story and maybe it will touch someone else's heart? There was definitely a specific message and it was, I was working within a community. I was really blessed to apprentice and be a co-teacher and travel with Don Miguel Ruiz who wrote the four agreements, which is a, a really <sighs> well-known book. Yeah. It yeah. is my favorite. So many if someone says, what yeah. is a book that you must have? That is it. That is it. So I had been working with Miguel for many, many years. And what I noticed is that here was a group of very powerful people that were definitely dedicated to their path of healing and transformation. And what I noticed with, with many of my peers is that we would make a huge change in our lives and then we would backslide. And yeah. so I was like, what is happening? So I started studying it inside of myself, in my students, in my peer group. And what I noticed is that we had a particular identity of who we had held ourselves to be. And that what often happens is that if you imagine that we have the structure of self-identity, which is really familiar, and if you go in and start pulling your self-identity apart, imagine having a structure and then starting to pull the, the structure apart, you don't have a larger container holding you. What happens is the, is the moment there's stress or like all of a sudden you're like, wait, I don't even know who I am anymore. You just pull things back again because that's what's yeah. familiar. So that's what the first book, which at the time was called The Four Elements of Change. It was really mm -hmm. about how do we create sustainable change? And what I recognize Beautiful. is we need to have a larger container that's holding us. So as we start dismantling who we've been, we can be with that discomfort and that unknown and still feel held until we create a new container for ourselves. Uh, and that Beautiful. we keep expanding that. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. And I love like the, the different studies. And as you said, the, the four agreements to me has been, if you have nothing else as your guiding light, this will, this will guide you. Right. I yeah. absolutely love that. And any of the trainings that I've done for myself that I support, you know, my community or, or class in very similar concepts. And, and that's what I love is so often there's a like-mindedness, but just sharing it from a different angle because 
everybody needs to hear it from a different angle, I think. You know, like a message doesn't always land on everyone the same way. So I think that's very beautiful. So tell me a little bit more then about your journey, like to get to that, like that's pretty impressive to be, you know, traveling and doing that work. What kind of drove you there? Like share just a little bit of your circuitous journey. I know, although I was going to say most people when they're seven, don't say this is what I want to do, but apparently you did. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You just didn't know exactly how. But um, yeah, to share with our listening audience a bit about your journey, I'd love to hear that. Yeah, so it's interesting because I we traveled when I was a child. We moved every two years, and so my life was like blessed in that I was exposed to a lot of different traditions and spiritualities and ways mm-hmm. of being. And it was also challenging because I was like my life was blown up every couple of years, mm-hmm. um, and. When I moved to the United States to go to college, one of the things I noticed is I felt disconnected and everyone around Mm. me felt disconnected at some level. And I didn't have language for it. I just was, I just Mm. felt like something's not right. Because I'd grown up in cultures and communities that were very family oriented in a really heart centered way and very deeply spiritual in an, in a very inner way. And so, I got into politics really big for a couple of years. And then I was like, okay, this is not what I'm looking for. Um, Mm -hmm. We're all, I'm angry. All my friends are angry. Nothing's changing. And that's when I started studying different spiritual traditions and started with European shamanic tradition. I looked at, okay, what were my ancestors up to? And started really studying earth-based traditions around the world. And so that's then where I got connected with Miguel eventually is, is I recognized there was something that was missing that I had learned so much about the cycles and the seasons and being connected to the earth and the elements, but I was missing something around agreements and beliefs. And so that Mm -hmm. was when I started studying with Miguel and it was before the book was written. So I started studying it with him in 1992. Mm -hmm. All right. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And it's been a blessing. So all of my work is really a weaving together of European shamanic tradition, which is based in the cycles and the seasons and connection mm-hmm. to earth. And then this more what I call warrior tradition of the Toltec, which were based out of South and Central Mexico, which is really around where's your intent? Where's your focus? Where, yes. like, how do you be impeccable with your word? How to not take things personally? How to always do your best and not make assumptions, which is really around what are we thinking? So, so much of what I do now is, is really help myself and others like separate out how to heal the mind, how to heal our energy body, how to heal our emotional body and how to heal our mm-hmm. physical body. Cause they only different things. Um, and for many of us, our minds are like really mean bullies. absolutely you are speaking my language because you know the within the fab at 50 we have fabulous health and that's when people work with me one-on-one and the biggest talk I usually put on is harmonizing body mind and spirit and getting people to understand and I think this is what you're saying correct me if I'm wrong but literally even though there's a connection you start working on your mind it's going to have an impact on your body and your energy bodies and either way 
but you're still coming at it from a different angle. They each still need their unique support, right? And so I have found some really cool ways. I'm going to now be following you a lot more and seeing now that I've been introduced to you and learning because I do, I work with it. So the programs that I do are comprehensive working with body, mind, and spirit. Um, so tell me a bit about more, obviously you write the books and you do that, but do you, do you run classes or programs or work one-on-one with people? Tell us, you know, feel free to share a little bit about your own business. Mm, thank you. Yes, I travel a lot. So I kind of consider myself a nomad. I'm on the road a lot. So I do workshops and uh, nice. journeys to different, we went to Ireland last year, we're going to Scotland next year. I go, I spend a lot of time in Mexico uh, and they, they walk on, which is from the heart of the Toltec wisdom. And also have a lot of online programs. So mm, I'm really okay. blessed to have an incredible team of people. I've, I've trained about 500 facilitators in the warrior goddess teaching. Nice. Yeah. So, and I'm, I'm starting to shift. I went through a big transformation last couple of years ago. Um, I steward 180 acres of land outside of Santa Fe, New Mexico. So I've been really nice. blessed to have this wilderness retreat center that we're building. Mm-hmm. Uh, and last last year, yeah, last year, the year before, now time is broken. Uh, we had a wildfire that went through New Mexico. Ooh, it was the biggest sorry. wildfire in New Mexico history, yeah. And we lost 175 acres of forest. Oh, oh. So oh that's heartbreaking heartbreaking and so there's been a just a kindling inside of myself we can say around climate change around contradictions Mm -hmm. and and that's something that I've been really working with in my own life is a big shift of how to be in these times which are really complicated and heartbreaking in so many ways so that's part what I'm bridging right now is is helping myself and leaders be more in relationship to contradiction and to big change and how to stay steady during these times. Mm-hmm. Those are big projects for sure. And so needed and so needed. I'm sorry for the land that you lost. And it's not just land, it's the wilderness space and the animals and the foliage. Like it's fire is quite, fire can be cleansing. We know that there's natural, but there's so much of it is man-made cause and and quite devastating certainly being in Canada we certainly are like we were basically on fire all across Canada last year is brutal so we feel for you yeah yeah so yeah we're all navigating something right now climate change wise that absolutely absolutely more resilient Mm -hmm. yeah yeah we need to and we need to be looking at it and then I'm, you know, I'm hopeful and people that are coming along and what they're studying and their views, you know, we need to open our ears and be listening to that as well. Um, But I know that you still are also tying this in and working with kind of the goddess work and the warrior goddess. Can you explain that a bit more for anyone that's listening going, what are they talking about? You know, absolutely. Yeah, my second book is called Warrior Goddess Training. And I think of the, these are as two energies that all of us have. And the warrior energy is our clarity, our commitment, it's our focus. And I think of it Mm -hmm. as it's this really focused energy. I know where I'm going. That's warrior. And then the goddess energy is about receptivity and play and joy and creativity. And there's this, "Hmm, let's see how we're going to travel. 
And that yep. I don't gender these energies. A lot of people are, are yes. when they see them are like, oh, I'm going to put this in this box. I'm like, don't put them in the box. Like take them out of the box. Yes. Can we just yes. open to, these are two qualities that we're all learning to embody and, and that they're energies. And that just like with wild, willing and wise as well, we can have an excess of a particular energy or we can have a deficiency. So we can mm-hmm. have an excess of warrior and we're actually in a, a time, a culture that's excess warrior. That's all about pushing and force and we can make this happen and we can override things. And we're learning how to bring ourselves back into more of a goddess. How do we show up in compassion with each other and find our Beautiful. way through rather than push force? And so yep. there's a balancing that's happening and we don't have a lot of role models or maps for this. So we have to really lean agree. into each other of ripen. Like, how do we do this in a new way? Yeah. yeah. Quite a time. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm mesmerized because I, I really love that you've taken it away from the gender because often it is, oh, this is your masculine, this is your feminine or so forth. It really is qualities that we all have. And uh, it doesn't matter where you fall in there. And so I really like the angle that this is coming and, and, and it can be for every aspect of our life, right? And we can be more one way, maybe in our home setting and more we show up differently when we go into our work setting and getting people to really understand that and value what they're doing. I do notice, um, again, back to kind of talking about age and changing and when we get into midlife and re-examining and going through menopause and all of that stuff, it's kind of interesting because I find that women really look at both, where on one hand, they look at, okay, I've been this, I've been a good girl all my life and I've been doing what I'm told. And they really step into that warrior side. And then there's the women that I found that they're like, I am coming out. I don't, I can't tell you how many corporate women that have, I won't say corporate women, women that have worked corporate and they yeah. have been in this warrior and they're suddenly going, I have forgotten my goddess side and they're now wanting this. And so it's kind of beautiful. There's this dichotomy almost of, you know, like, and so what, here's what I find is because one is sort of embracing one aspect and one's embracing the other. There's actually more of a coming together. I find that women, for me is that it doesn't matter what background we come from. There's just more of a coming together. There's almost this camaraderie simply because we have made it. We're kind of in our midlife. We're going through that menopause madness or we've come through it. And there's, do do you find that women of our age, shall we say, at least the women I encounter there, there's, there's an extra level of compassion and an extra level of recognizing we've all been through some crap and back. And now it's like, how do we be kind to ourselves and move forward with that greater kindness? And tell me sort of your experience and just witnessing that within your work. Yeah, I think that's so true. And so often when, when I do workshops now, because most of the workshops I do are specifically with women, there's mm-hmm. a, the moment that women start talking to each other, they're like, oh, I'm not the only one experiencing this. Okay, exactly. like we're all doing this. And there is a compassion that starts bubbling up inside when we really recognize that there's nothing 
like that we've been domesticated and that so often we're out of balance, not because we're broken or something's wrong with us, but because we've been trained yes, in ways that are not in service to us. And mm-hmm. so that like undoing is so beautiful to watch when there's the, the awareness. Yeah. 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 And the, the kindness that does come up. And I, I do think that's what we're, we're so working towards now as a, as a paradigm is we've been in a paradigm of judgment and victimization and power over. And we're working to undo that paradigm so that we're in relationship to ourselves and others from a more compassionate, open hearted, present place of different perspectives. We're moving away from there's one way to be into there's many ways to be. And how do we dance with each other from that place and, Beautiful. and have it be joyful? Yeah. Absolutely. I always get the image of a mosaic when we talk about different pieces coming together. How can we be so different and come together? I think of a mosaic. It's like you won't have a beautiful mosaic unless you have very different, beautiful, colorful pieces all coming together. And together we make that image, that tapestry, I guess, if you, if you will. So beautiful, beautiful. Well, I know we still have a little bit of time left, but my next question, you may end up expanding a bit is I'd like to, I know you're so full of wisdom. I'd like to ask you if you could share maybe your three top pearls of wisdom with the listening audience on And it can really be on anything, on how you would like them to see their life or what they could consider or or three, obviously, I know like the four agreements are what you go with. So you're allowed four, but just really kind of, you know, maybe in addition, what do you recommend? Mm, Such a great question. Mm -hmm. So I'd say the top three, number one is in relationship to our mind to have better punctuation. So most of us have minds that are incredibly run on sentence oriented. (laughs) It's a great way to put it. It's so I, I went into silence for 40 days when I was uh, first working with Miguel and it was, yeah, incredible experience. And what came out of that experience was watching my mind and how, judgmental, fearful, like looking in the future of what could go wrong, looking at the past at what had gone wrong. I just, I got to really watch my mind in action and study it. And what I learned was what I call the punctuation lesson, which is to watch the mind. And then the moment, like the moment I was like, oh, I'm thinking, and I'm thinking in a way that's not beneficial or helpful, put a period in the sentence. Okay. Often the mind's like comma, comma, semicolon, comma. So the (laughs) moment, the moment that you witness your mind, period, take a breath and just come back. One hand, I always do this one hand on heart, one hand on belly and be like, hey, sweetheart. Okay, Mm -hmm. we're back. And then the mind's going to start up again, Mm -hmm. period. So that's one tool or like bit of advice that has been so helpful for me is to just put a period in the sentence, wherever my mind is doing, and then ask myself, where do I want my attention to be? Beautiful. Sometimes I'll chant. Sometimes I'll be in silence. Sometimes I'll think about where I want to put my attention. So that's one thing that I love. Um, love The second is, is what I call the gaps practice. 
And I, you know, for years I would, I thought if I just meditated every day, everything would be better. Like there's such a way that we're trained that like, if you just meditate, you'll be okay. So it doesn't quite work that way, does it? It doesn't quite work exactly. And how many people that I know that judge themselves because they're not meditating or they're not exercising or they're not like whatever, fill in the blank, period, like come back. So the GAPS practice is recognizing that in our lives, there's multiple places where we have faith, where there's, we're waiting in line for coffee at the, you know, Mm -hmm. wherever we're walking to the bathroom, we're walking down the hall to the conference center. There's many, many places of these in-between points that if we think of those as gaps, what we usually do is fill up the gaps with noise. Mm. Yeah. Whether that's scrolling on our phone or worrying about something. And so to take those gaps as precious and as sacred time to go into stillness, to sing a song again, where do we want to put our Mm -hmm. attention and Mm -hmm. to play with those gaps as a new way to be in relationship with ourselves in the world. Just really. I love sweet. that. Just, yeah. to, just to sit quietly. Like even you mentioned being in the grocery store, instead of immediately pulling out the phone, like just even just looking around and noticing who's around. Exactly. Going into it, our it, senses. Like, moments, yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Love yeah. It that. brings a really lot cool. more joyful moments. Yeah. Really. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm so loving your answers here. <laughs> and I think the third one is to I'm have a, <laughs> uh, what I call true work. So I wrote a, a yeah. book called Awaken Your Inner Fire, which was used to be called Sacred Time Management. And it was all about my journey of undoing my learning around work and being busy all the time. And like yeah. the place that my identity had gotten woven into doing things. And one of the things I came up with is what I call the true work. And your true work is like one word. Because again, this came out of two. How many people came to me and were like, I don't know what my purpose is. And if I only knew what my purpose was, everything would be okay. And I'm like, no, (laughs) there's actually something deeper than that. So it's super simple. You can see like what I teach is super simple. Um, So true work, one word. What's one quality that we want to embody this mm-hmm. lifetime? And mm-hmm. it can be anything. So it's not something that we've already embodied. It's something that we're like, I really want to figure this out this round. And so it might be peace. It might be compassion. It may be love. It might be presence. But having one word that you can then take into everything that you're doing. So instead of like, there's my work and my healing everything becomes an experiment to embody that quality. And beautiful. it just that when I came up with that, that just changed my life in such a beautiful way. Yeah. Cause now it's more everything about is a, a way of being. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly. about a way of being. I love this mm-hmm. alignment because one of the practices I do is belief reparenting, which we use. What we do as a practice is pick one word a day because sometimes people like it gets yes. overwhelming to do exactly. so this was developed by Suze Casey overwhelming to some people like it's big to pick a word I'm going to have for the rest of my life right but I, I love that empowering to be like this everything how I show up at my work and how I show up with my kids and how I show up with 
by relationship, you embody that quality you want to embody. And so the practice I do is we pick a word of day to, and it's a choice. It's like, what are we moving away from? And, and And the choice is, you know, it could be laughter and it could be as simple as today I choose to embrace or to today I just, I choose to notice where laughter shows up. And we have 999 positive words type of thing. So I just love that similarity yeah. on the calmingness. Um, you know, we pick a word a year and I like that word of being. So that is in such alignment. And that's in your book called True Work, which let, that's fascinating, right? So very, very beautiful on how that comes together. And uh, I just, I'm loving your energy. I feel like we could sit here and chat for you know, another hour or so I could just kind of recharge my water here. Um, But we are at the end of our conversation, but I will just bounce it back to you. Is there any lasting comments or favorite quote or anything that you would like to end off with? Something that I've been thinking a lot about is, is for all of us, the importance of reclaiming our own wildness our mm-hmm. own play and joy and yeah. silliness yeah. no matter what age we are and what a gift that is to us in the world and that we can you know to go to nature as a place to refresh ourselves around wildness and what that really means it's a really That's big beautiful gift. yeah that is so beautiful and if i can tag team on that i was listening to one of my energy mentors prune harris is quite amazing and someone asked her question about when so much sadness and heartache is going on in the world how do we how do we get Mm -hmm. to feel joy and her comment was is if you take it as a whole because there is such heartache it's in a sense our duty to bring in joy because in the whole it balances out. And so I love your comment of the more we embrace our wildness, our joy and and tap into it, we can show up in a bigger way to help balance and counteract what we do not want in the world. Yeah. Right. And bring in, we, you know, it's like be be the change you want to see. Right. So there's so many ways. And I just love the way all the different types of people can be on different pathways, but there's such a coming together on uh what people want and and the mission it's like we're all on a similar journey just taking different roads to get there so it's been such a pleasure talking to you and thank you so much for joining us and all of your your bio and some of the notes and contact information will be in the show notes so please do check them out and i am going to be watching um you know i might even bounce it get your one of your amazing team to let me know when things are released and we'll we'll pop a note in our fab we have a big facebook group and uh we're happy to share that hey the book's released so grab your coffee all right thank you so thank you so much take care everyone and we'll see you next week thank you so much for tuning in today but before you leave i'm curious what pearl of wisdom are you taking away from today's episode I do hope it held some inspiration or information for you to live your best life. If you are not yet part of our sisterhood, I invite you to join our community by visiting our website, fabulousat50.com, and you'll receive a free copy of our ebook, Make Mind Fabulous 21 Ways to Energize Your Life. 
It is packed with loads of tips and tricks. Plus, if you haven't already done so, please subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review to let us know what you think. Remember, keep choosing fabulous. It's never too late to live the life you deserve. Catch you on the next episode.